Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. How's it going? Pretty good, man. We are fresh off a week away from Easter now, man. We weren't here last week. We, you know, I felt like the the Lord was asking us to take a little break and really immerse ourselves in Holy Week, so we put out that episode with Father John Ricardo mm-hmm. last week. I hope everybody enjoyed it, but... Man, I haven't seen you, you know, in a few days. How, how was your right. Easter? It was good. So let, let me do a quick little like <laughs> uh, uh, messaging here. I have to do a correction. The last show we did, sure. I said I said Stephen was a replacement of Judas, which I was, was totally Matthias. wrong. It was yeah. Matthias. You didn't catch me on that. <laughs> I caught it. I wasn't going to say anything. Didn't. I didn't want to embarrass see, you. <laughs> the thing is, well, I always, you know, get myself up sure. anyways. But I think we were talking about the deacons, and that's why I got stuck on Stephen. Then all boom, and then it kind of went sure. haywire after that. So everyone, because I know I listened to it, I'm like, I've been the guy shouting at the radio going, it wasn't, it wasn't Stephen with right. eyes, man. I think Deacon yeah. Jeff purposely held up a card that said Stephen on it when you were, no. <laughs> he, he didn't want to, yeah, no. <laughs> he just wanted to see how you handled but it. But <laughs> I did, I do know my church history. Sorry guys. So yeah, he go. does. I, I knew that. I wasn't going to, look, I've slipped up a bunch of times too, and I just hope nobody notices it. Right. So don't worry about it. We're all human. But yeah, it's just, it's joyous. You know, here we are after Easter, and I want to say again, thank you to Covenant Eyes. You know, they're they're our great sponsor here on the show, and they're sponsoring the Narrow Road. And you know, we just we always get so many comments from guys that are struggling with pornography, um, just struggling with lust and impurity. And this is something that is so helpful to men. You know, I don't say it just because they're a sponsor. I say it because I use it at home. You know, I've got it on my phone and on my laptops and the things that the kids use around the house because I find it very helpful. And I want to not only keep myself from falling prey to those things, because mm-hmm. I used to have an issue with it myself, but I also want to make sure my children are protected from not just pornography, but other things that they shouldn't be seeing and looking at. You know, we, we, we sometimes overlook the fact that, you know, you don't really want your, your 12-year-old boy looking at women in lingerie and things like that either. You know, we don't consider that porn per se, but it's stuff that you don't want your kids looking at either. Mm-hmm. So it blocks all sort of things like that. And it really is having like having another set of eyes on on your family and on yourself. I love the accountability of it. There's so many guys that we've put on to it that have just emailed back and said, thank you for this. Like, this is what I'm looking for. And now I can have, you know, transparency in my relationship with my wife. And some guys are partnering up and their wife's their accountability partner. Other guys are partnering with brothers and, and, and other guys that are struggling to keep each other sound and, and living virtuously. So look, I mean, Covenant Eyes is very proud to sponsor the Narrow Road. We're proud to have them. And, you know, as you journey through these months of the narrow road, don't let your sexual sin become an impediment to your growth. Get Covenant Eyes today. You can do that at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. So, guys, take advantage of that. They've been so generous in supporting us. I know that it'll help you if you decide this is something that you need in your life. And speaking of the narrow road, man, this thing just continues to to amaze me what the Lord's doing with it. You know, we're up to almost 100 guys that are getting this a month now, That's which awesome. may not seem yeah. like a lot in the grand scheme of huge numbers. But for something that just started off, the 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 the, um, the response has been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many guys have been sharing these things. I wanted to take a couple seconds today and share some of these comments from guys. You know, one says, the narrow road has been a simple yet powerful tool in my prayer life. It has motivated me to read scripture daily, to journal, and to be thankful for the good that God does for me throughout the day. 
My favorite part about it is that anybody at any level could benefit from these simple daily practices. That's one guy. Another one says, the number the narrow road has been so inspiring to my prayer life. I find myself wanting to share with, with my friends every day. I really enjoy sharing and talking to the other men, especially on the patron Zoom hangouts. It gives me such insight on so many things. I try to encourage others to join. I'm so glad I did. Here's another one. Thank you, John and Pew Ministries. The narrow road has helped me in putting on that whole armor of God daily, which can seem heavier to bear some days than others. Keep up the great work, and thank you again for making a difference for men that struggle and need daily inspiration. I'd like to take credit for it, but it's the Lord, not us. Mm -hmm. We're just the mouthpieces. But thanks to the narrow road for giving me new eyes and ears. With this daily reflection, I'm hearing and seeing new and different ways that God is speaking to me every day through my wife, daughter, coworkers, and more. It's been a great blessing to be more intentional about my daily relationship with Christ. Look, these are just a couple of things. I mean, we're getting a lot of these, and guys are really coming together as a community in the patron Facebook group and in Patreon itself. Uh, we're going to be moving to a different platform that's going to be more conducive to some of these things. But I'll tell you right now, these guys are sharing each and every week just these newfound insights they're getting into their relationships and living this virtue in their life and it's just been such a blessing to see so if you're a guy that wants to live virtue you're sick of living vice you're sick of of the things that you're falling into and you want to make a change you want to make a difference in your life and you want people who are going to support you in that change then sign up for the narrow road today it's twenty dollars a month you don't just get that you get the the extra videos that go along with it i do the five reflections every month on the different weeks and that virtue with the different relationships in your life also one on the virtue itself at the beginning of the month you also get you know access to everything else you get as a patron you know the the extra interviews and the deeper dives in the podcast all that's there and available to you so if you want to do that you can join the narrow road and start walking this this narrow road to holiness and and by living out virtue in your life so you can do that at just a guy on the pew.com you can uh, there's a, a pop-up there in a bar across the top that says join the narrow road you can go there to find out about it if you are a guy running a men's group you're a deacon or a lay person or, or a priest running a uh a men's group in your parish, we now have a bulk option that you can find on that page as well. We sold some last week, guys ordering bulk packs of 10 for their groups, and they're going to start going through them and using the videos in their in their men's group. So by all means, any way that you think this can help with men in your parish, sign up and join, whether it's individual or you're getting it for a group. And you can do that again at justagownthepew.com and go to the narrow road and find all your options there. Also want to say thank you to all the new patrons that have joined us. We've had quite a few in the last couple of weeks signing up either on the narrow road or for the other options and tiers that we have out there. Uh, thank you all for that. Your support goes a long way in helping us continue to do this. I was able to interview Sister Miriam this morning, and you know we've got some new equipment that we've purchased and was able to use some of that this morning. So all of that goes to support that. And always, always the, the mission of evangelizing other men. So thank you for, for the role you're playing in that. So now I want to get on with the show and I want to talk about this topic that just sort of came to me over the last week. You know, I said we took the week off and, you know, sometimes you can get so busy doing that you forget to be, you know, we talk about that a lot. And, you know, that Monday, which would have been last week when that, when that episode would have come out, we didn't record one, right? That's why we put the Father John out because mm-hmm. I, I literally was sitting there trying to figure out something to talk about. Well, plus it was Holy Week. Too. Yeah, it was Holy Week. Yeah, That's what right, I'm talking about. Yeah. So I was sitting there trying to figure that out and I really felt like the Lord was putting some blocks in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. Like to, to get me to stop and go, you know what? I'm just going to focus on him this week and not focus on the next show and the next this. And we have some of these gifts that we've been given in, in these interviews with people that I could put one of those out. Father John's was all about the gospel story and, and, and um, the charisma, which goes perfectly with what, you know, Jesus did for us in Holy Week. So we put that out there. Um, but I, I really felt like he was calling me into something. And 
like, John, I need you to respond to what I'm wanting to do in your life. And, you know, so many times we, we can go through Easter or these seasons like Advent and Easter and walk out the other side and go like, okay, that's, that's it. We're done. You know, Easter's come and gone. You know, the, the, the Easter eggs have all been hunted. You know, we've, we've all had our, our, our palm crosses made and are mm-hmm. on the counter somewhere and we start shoving things away, right? Like it's time for the next, you know, for Mother's Day or Father's Day or whatever's coming up next. And we can rush through these times where the church and God has given us a gift to grow closer to him. You know, we've gone through this 40-day, you know, it's longer than that, but this Lenten journey of of just whatever we've gone given up and the things that we've sacrificed for the Lord and offered up to him. And then we come to this this the culmination of this and Holy Week and what Jesus did for us and you know, I really had a chance to immerse myself in that this week with my family. We went to all the services other than the Easter vigil we should have, but Jacob had an accident, broke his arm, and we weren't able to partake in that Saturday. But uh, he's doing fine for those that might have gone, <gasps> when you heard that, he's doing mm-hmm. well, he's tough. But, um, you know, we, we just, I was able to immerse myself in all of this. And, and the thing that just kept coming to mind is how are we to respond? Because everything in life, is a response, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you either respond yes or I'm on board or or no I don't. You know, I used to have a guy I worked with at Napa and and he would say it was a nurse salesman and the boss sometimes would say, well, "Why didn't you get this done or why didn't that happen?" and and he'd say, "Look, no's an answer." The customer said no. Like mm-hmm. there's always a response whether it's positive or negative. And so when we come out of Holy Week, we're going to give a response. But what response is that? Is it going to be one that I'm going to give my life to Christ more than I ever have, that I've found out new things about myself and I want to get to know him deeper? I want to travel with him deeper spiritually each and every day and continue this this you know this Lent that can be like a shot of adrenaline in your arm if, if you're playing your cards right, right, mm-hmm. and doing the things that we're called to do. It can be a shot in your spiritual life. So am I going to keep that going or am I just going to let it peter out and go back to business as usual? That's a response one right. way or the other. So we have to decide what we're going to do um, with that and how we're going to respond moving out of this. Well, I think for many of us, before Lent comes, we're kind of like living disconnectedly with Christ, with sure. our faith. And then Lent comes, you're like, oh man, it's time to like really buckle down and be connected, you know, and to attend adoration, to attend Mass more often, or just to be more involved in the community or involved in the parish. And and now that that, you know, where we are connected, there's that feeling there that's still there, we're charged up, fully charged. And we have to make sure we keep our charge, right? Sure. Because as you're saying, some of us like go ahead and put everything away. Maybe aren't as devoted as to our readings or as to going to the Eucharist or some form of like adoration. We kind of like, you know, our life, we say our life gets back on together to where we start, you know, not diminishing, but minimalizing the importance it was during Lent. Right? Sure. And so we have to be very careful that we don't do that. We don't minimize it. Right, and, and that we don't fall back into, like, a lot of times you can give up stuff, and then you're like, all right, it's it's Sunday, right? Like, I'm going to drink those 40-whatever beers to make right. up one for yeah. every day that I didn't drink during Lent, right? Like, we just go into this overindulgence of the thing that we have deprived ourselves from, and that's not really the point of it, right? It's not to, to go back and to jump right back into what you were doing. You know, a lot of times people take Lent as a timeout, right? Like, right. I'm going to stop this and see if I can do it and see if I can make it through it. And then you jump right back into it a right. lot of times like worse wife, than you ever were. They wipe their forehead and go, you know, I, I did it. And right. then like, like, all right, and time to get back to normal. Right. Yeah. It's like you give up chocolate and then you're hitting the discount all on Monday after Easter, picking up every Cadbury egg That's and right. Easter bunny you could find and you go home and devour them, right? Like, what's the point of that? And, and so it really is, like, how did you receive 
what Christ did for you, like everything from that betrayal, from the garden, from the tears of blood to the to the beating and the scourging mm-hmm. and the and the punching in the face and the spitting on and the beard pulling and the eventual crucifixion. Like, is that just okay, that was Easter? Man, I love Easter, but that's over now and that's gone. It's a season. There you or go. Yeah. is it like this that Saint Augustine mm-hmm. says? As they were looking on, so we too gaze on his wounds as he hangs. We see his blood as he dies. We see the price offered by the Redeemer. Touch the scars of his resurrection. He bows his head as if to kiss you. His heart is made bare open, as it were, in love to you. His arms are extended that he may embrace you. His whole body is displayed for your redemption. Ponder how great these things are. Let all this be rightly weighed in your mind, as he once was fixed to the cross in every part of his body for you, so he may now be fixed in every part of your soul. Is that the way that you came out of Lent? Is that the way you came out of Holy Week? Or is it just another, okay, Jesus, thank you for what you did. I'm on to my life. And, and that's gone and forgotten until next mm-hmm. year when somebody reminds us again. That's what we're really talking about here today. And, you know, if you look at it, how you respond to what Christ has done for you in this week has eternal consequences. I mean, let that sink in. I don't think we think about that enough. How we respond to Christ's great act of sacrifice has eternal consequences. It's how we're going to spend the rest of our life, either with him or without him. And I think so many times we don't look at the gravity of that, right? We just go, man, that was so, I couldn't imagine doing that for somebody in that pain. And maybe we turn away when we're watching the passion and, and we feel the guilt of, mm-hmm. of, of him taking our place. But does that elicit the correct response out of us? That like, I'm not going to let this just be something else that fades to black out of my mind at the end of this week. I'm going to let this be something that changes my life and I'm going to choose to respond to it each and every day. Because that's really what it gets down to is that we have to choose and we have to respond to Christ each and every day in our life. When we get up, we have to respond by saying, Lord, like I, I want to know you better today. Please allow me to come to know you better. Please allow me to serve you. Please allow me to, to align my will to yours. Like those are the things that we're supposed to be doing every day as disciples to grow in our relationship with them. As we've said before, conversion isn't a one-time thing. It's a constant mm-hmm. in our life. But so easily we can do, I mean, we've all been here. I, I'm trying to to describe it perfectly, but we've all been to the place where we have this one momentous moment, whether it's at a conference or during Holy Week or something, and you just, you're dead set on, this is going to be different. And then two weeks later, you've forgotten all about it, right? You just, you've moved on and the busyness of life and all these things have taken over. Well, that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants you to forget what Christ has done for you. He wants you to minimize it and think, you know what? It's the same thing. It's year after year. Christ is on the cross. Christ dies. Man, he went through all that terrible stuff, but he did it because he loved me. And so, you know, he loved me and he wanted to do it. So that was his choice. And, and I'm just glad that he did it for me. Versus, Lord, how do I respond to your sacrifice with a response, a great response of my own? And we can look at, at characters, I hate to say characters, people in the Bible mm-hmm. that, that were along there with Jesus from the time he started walking in his mission, you know, until his death and resurrection. And there's different characters we can look at there. I mean, first of all, you've got, let's say, Peter, right? So you look at Peter. And Peter made mistakes, right? He is pretty much the perfect example of most guys in the world. You know, I'm, I'm hot for Jesus one minute, the next minute I say something dumb, or I mess up, mm-hmm. or I demand things of Jesus, or I tell Jesus how things are going to happen, right? Right. We've yeah. all been that guy. But Peter made his mistakes, but he loved Jesus. He wound up falling to fear and denying Christ, right? I mean, he did. There's there's, there's no denying that. It's sure. there in Scripture. And he carried, he carried that shame with him for a while until, until right. he said, you know, love, do you love right. me? Right. 
Well, and think yeah. about the shame that after he said, I'll, I'll never deny you. And right, Jesus is like, yeah. yeah, you will. Yeah. And then he did it. Like the shame had to be so terrible. But that wasn't the end of his story, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ came to him after the resurrection and offered a chance for him to repent and to reconcile. And Peter responded with a resounding yes. You know, he's saying, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Do you love me? Mm-hmm. Do you love me? And from that day on, even when they were hiding in the room, you know, even when they were there and, and you know, had been hiding until Pentecost, you know, he, he still was, was had decided, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I don't know what that looks like now. When he got the spirit, he went out there, as we've talked about before, and he gave a right. sermon and converted, you know, 3,000 people or whatever. But the bottom line was he chose to, to respond to what Christ had done in his life and the opportunity that Christ gave him for reconciliation and for healing with him, which if you think about that, we, we all have denied Christ at some point in our life, right? We all betray him. We do it on a daily basis when mm-hmm. we sin. He gave Peter the same thing that he gave us when he died on the cross. From the cross, he's up there with his arms out saying, I forgive you. If you choose this, if you respond to this the right way, then you're reconciled, right? I'm opening the doors of heaven for you all to be able to get in, those of you that have been locked out. And so we have to respond the way Peter did. You know, a daily yes to Jesus. I mean, he gave his response to Jesus all the way up to his own crucifixion and martyrdom where he was crucified upside down, right? Like this is this is what we're all called to do is to give our lives in response to Christ giving his each and every day. You know, but you look at the another character, Judas, right? I mean, Judas betrayed Christ. We know this. If you didn't, you just went through Holy Week and maybe you found out about mm-hmm. it the first time. But Jesus betrayed Christ and it wasn't just in the garden, right? We always fixate on on him getting up from the table and Jesus giving him the bread and saying, do it quickly and all that. But look, he was betraying Jesus for a long time. I mean, one of the disciples, I think it was Matthew in his gospel noted that he had been stealing, right? He'd been pilfering from the donations and the things that they were using to feed the poor and to sustain their own lifestyle and, right. and, and all of that. And Judas was, was pilfering from those the things. books, as they right. say. Yeah. Right, he was mad when right. when, when Mary uh, used the, the that expensive perfume to, to uh, wipe right. down Jesus uh, with his feet, anoint his feet and everything, instead of um, instead of selling it, right? And he presented it as, well, we could give this to the poor and that's 300 days wages. But in fact, he just wanted the money, mm-hmm. right? And so he was betraying Jesus for a long time in his life and so do we each and every day. The difference between Peter and Jesus, they both betrayed, I mean, excuse me, between Peter and Judas, they both betrayed Jesus. But Peter went and he sought that reconciliation. He sought to respond in the proper way, the positive way to what Jesus had done in his life. Mm-hmm. Judas, he tries, he goes back and he throws the money to the guys and says, I don't want this because he's, again, trying to get rid of that guilt yeah. of what he'd done. Let me get rid of the evidence. Maybe if I get rid of the money, I won't feel as bad. But at the end of the day, he he could have waited on the Lord. He could have seen what happened, but instead he chose the easy way out. He chose the selfish way, which all of us do so many times in our life. We betray Jesus and then we're selfishly say. I'm not going to wait. I'm, I'm in control of my life. I'm going to lead my life the way I want. Right. For Judas, that meant I'm going to go string a rope over a tree and I'm going to kill myself. Well, the profound thing, too, you know, you got to remember Judas actually said, I'll identify Jesus, who who this man is, by yeah. kissing him on the cheek. I mean, Judas went up there knowing what he was doing and kissed Jesus on the cheek as like an affectionate welcome, brother, I love you. Sure. But in the sense of, you know, really turning him in. I mean, like, this the ultimate backstab. Yeah. And, um, you know, for Jesus... He knew that was going to happen, obviously. Sure. He told me, go do what you must do. But you know that must wounded his heart so much because he loved Jesus just as much as everybody else. Sure. And so, you know, there's there's redemption for all of us. Mm-hmm. And as you're what you're talking about is there's redemption for all of us. Peter received it. 
and and we have to know that even though we sin we wound his heart you know there is healing in that that process as well and we just have to go be in front of him and ask for forgiveness you know sure so. but that's the thing it's again that's your response it's, right. it's and, and you can look at it personally today is all right, we're fresh off of this, right? We're a week out. Where are you right now mm-hmm. as opposed to where you were Easter Sunday or on 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 Good Friday, you know, when maybe you had tears in your eyes when the when all that you're confronted with that in your face. How do you keep that feeling every day, that feeling that you had in that moment? You have to nurture it, right? And you right. have to choose that I'm never going to forget that, right? That I'm never going to 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 let that slip in my life. I mean, if if you remember when we watched Father John Ricardo's series uh, in our men's group, um it was called uh what is it rerouting yeah and he was talking about that scene from goodwill hunting or not goodwill hunting sorry that matt damon was in both mm-hmm. uh um saving private ryan yeah and the and the older man is at the cemetery at the end and he's walking through there and he's so reverent and he's looking for this grave of tom hanks's character mm-hmm. so he can just go hit his knees and say thank you mm-hmm. you know after all these years of, and the life he's gotten to live with his his wife and his daughter his kids and his grandkids and and that overwhelming response of how he lived his life. Sure, he, every day he, he remembered that conversation. Sure. Yeah. And he and he asked his wife, tell me I'm a good mm-hmm. man, right? Tell me I've yeah. lived a good life. And that's that's the way we should all feel towards this in response to Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me I didn't waste this. Tell me I didn't waste this chance. Tell me that I didn't go to Mass and just daydream about everything else in my grocery list, in my to-do list. Tell me that I actually, when I took that Eucharist in my mouth every day, that I, I went back to that pew and mm-hmm. I said, Lord, let me respond. Let me let me try to, to the best of my ability, which I'll never be able to fully do, respond with giving you every bit of my life in response to what you gave every bit of yours. Right. right? Every drop of blood you know, that you gave and sweat and tears. Let me respond to that in the, the way that I live my life. That's the difference between being, living a, just it, trying to live as a Christian or living as a disciple of Christ is actively seeking how can I respond by giving everything I have to what he's asked of me. You look at like Mary Magdalene. That's another person we can talk about here. You know, here she was, this prostitute. She was she was uh, covered in seven demons. Jesus uh, healed her, you know, and cast out all those demons from her. And she followed him for the rest of her days, right? Like she was sitting there wiping him, you know, uh, you know washing his feet with her tears and anointing his feet and then she was the first one to find him at the grave and was sitting there in tears because she thought the body had been taken. And then she's told, no, like he's alive. And then right. she sees Jesus and she becomes this person who's done so much wrong in her life and felt so guilty and was possessed and all this stuff. She, Jesus chooses her to go and be the first person to spread the good news of him, of his resurrection. The messenger, yeah, yeah. Right? And she responded to that. Go and tell them. And what does she do? She spent the rest of her life going and telling others. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to, not only during Lent, but for the rest of our days, is to look for these opportunities in our lives to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to share that we have what we have traveled with him on through this passion we've witnessed firsthand each and every year, that we're to share that with others. Go and tell them is what he said. And that's not just for Mary Magdalene, that's for each and every one of us. And that's what we're called to do. But so many of us, we just allow these things, our response to be a non-response, mm-hmm. which in itself is a response. It's just not the right one, right. right? And so now we need to focus on how do we respond to this great sacrifice Christ has given us in his life. And I would say, just quickly, I want to go through some how-tos. You know, right now, I mean, here we are the Tuesday, the week after after Easter. So it's been a week since the following Tuesday after Easter. Sit and reflect on what Jesus has done for you. Like, really go through it in your mind and feel it. Understand what all he endured for you. Don't run from it. Personalize it. 
and, and, and really pay attention to what, what the apostles are doing over the next few weeks. You know, we're still here in the Easter season and we're going to be reading about what happened after he was resurrected and then, you know, in the upper room and then Pentecost and all of these things that we move towards. So start paying attention to what the apostles are doing, mm-hmm. right? Once, once, how are they responding to Christ and what happened? That, that thing that some of them witnessed and the rest of them heard about from the ones that witnessed it. How are they living their life and responding to it? You know, be proactive every day in bringing to mind how you're going to respond in your life to what Jesus has done for you. Pray about it in the morning, right? Like I said earlier, get up in the morning and say, Jesus, like, thank you for what you've done in my life. I'll never forget it. I'm never going to forget. That's why I have a, a crucifix with, that has his wounds on it in my bedroom so that I look at that and I remember every single day what he did and the, and the gravity and the severity of what he went through for me to be able to be with him forever. And so you, you need to, to, to ponder on that and to pray about it and ask to how can I respond in in a way that is appropriate to that sacrifice in my own life. Um, also, you need to, um, to, when you're taking communion at Mass, like I said, sit there and, 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 and when Reflect, you come back, yeah, thank you. Right. Lord, thank you for this. Don't let me ever forget the meaning of this. You know, just like that visual from, um, from Save It, Pry It, Ryan that we talked about. And then at night, look back over your day and see how you responded. If you didn't respond well that day, then make... A, 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 an act of, of promise to the Lord that you're going to be better the next day, that you will respond, right? We all have bad days. We're not perfect, but get up with that and be resolute in how you're going to respond the next day. The last thing I would say is don't let everything that Jesus did mean nothing in your life. Mm-hmm. Actively choose to repay him each and every day with every bit of your life. He gave everything he had, and it's only appropriate that we do the same, that we give everything we have. He is more deserving than anything we're, we're even going to be able to give. But still, that is what he calls us to. That is the appropriate response, is to not just one day of our life or one season of our life give give it to Jesus when it's easy to do it, when everybody else is doing it, when you're being guided in it. Our real journey with Christ, how we are as men, that road is decided when you're by yourself, right? When you're, you're getting up in those moments and choosing it every day. We're made for community, but we have to make the choice in our life for ourselves. Our response is up to us. You can't make it for me. I can't make it for you, Victor. And we certainly can't make it for the men that are listening. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you to start growing that relationship with Christ, to really look at what he's done in your life and then respond to it. So guys, look, Easter season's over, but your journey with Christ is not. Take the time to reflect on what he's done for you and then give him everything that he deserves for his sacrifice. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you gave us everything you had to give through your passion and crucifixion. That great sacrifice both calls for and deserves a resounding response on our parts. Help us to respond to your great love the way Peter and Mary Magdalene did. And Lord, whenever we feel ourselves losing sight of the gravity of your sacrifice, remind us what it cost you and the response it deserves. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.